G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA 87.6 FM in East Perth and Western Tourist Radio in the southwest of Western Australia. My next guest will be familiar to ABC TV viewers, having featured on the ABC's Australian Story on four occasions. Francis Pollock went to Aline Station as a young girl and is still there. G'day, Francis. <laughs> G'day, Barry. How are you going? Very good. So tell us, how did this story start of you going to Willene? Well, I guess it's, uh, it's just a small world, isn't it? Um, I grew up in Victoria and came across to Perth where I was working. Um, my father actually went to Willene as a guest now. Um, I, well, it could have to be probably 15 or 16 years ago, just on his own, uh, and always raved about his time at the station. So once, once I'd moved to Perth, uh, I had the opportunity to meet, <coughs> excuse me, meet David's um, father. Um, and we got on very well and he talked of the station. Um, and I was quite interested, obviously, because I knew that my father had been there. Um, and, you know, one thing led to another. David's dad suggested I should, you know, go up to visit sometime, which I was really interested to do because I'd never, I'd never been to the outback before. Um, all our family holidays as kids consisted of going to the beach. And I, I certainly had no concept of what a cattle station was. I mean, growing up, I just thought there were cities, towns, farms, and then the desert. I didn't, I didn't understand that there was a whole industry that operated between farming country um, and, our, and our, you know, interior desert. So, uh, yeah, it was really just, for me, an opportunity to have a look and see something I'd never seen before. Um, and one thing led to another, and I'm still here <laughs> many, many years later. That's a great story, and that obviously was. That's why Australian Story picked up on it. Uh, Willene Station is in the Murchison. David took over the station as a 27-year-old and uh, set about destocking to to regenerate it, which was uh, not the norm at the time. Um, and uh, it was uh, the tourism industry that, that kept the station afloat through that, that period of time because David had recognised that... Uh, to bring this country back, you had to take the grazing pressure off. I guess you could say that behind every good man is a good woman. I don't know if you're allowed to say that these days, but I've said it. Uh, so I guess uh, you turned up at the right time because from reading the book, I think David might have come unstuck with what he was doing uh, without you turning up at the time you did. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I mean, who who really knows? I guess uh, I've always loved that movie as a kid, Sliding Doors. I think my dad made me watch it on purpose just to, <laughs> to know that anything can happen in life. But, um, yeah, look, tourism, tourism had already existed at Woolleen for... Um, some time under David's parents and they'd done an exceptional job um, of, of running the property. Um, Dave's capacity to maintain what they'd set up um, was probably going to be a challenge as a single guy on a, on a property as big as Woolene. There's, there's an awful lot to do. Um, so, you know, when, when I came along, I mean, I certainly had an interest in tourism. That was already the field that I I worked in it and was part of, I mean, apart from coming out to see our cattle station, I also just wanted to understand what does, you know, tourism in the outback look like. I mean, if it's not a flashy hotel in Perth, what does it, it look like? Um, so, yeah, I guess the longer I was here, um, the clearer it became that we needed a much stronger financial plan as to how the station was going to operate. And that you look, there were a few 
options on the table, but it really just made sense to scrub up that product that was already here um, and turn it into something that suited us um, and our direction for the station. But yeah, basically the, the, the roots were there to, um, to bring tourism back up to, up to what it was. That's great, and certainly I, I first met Brett through the Farm and Country Holiday Association, which we were members of. We've got a farm stay at Donnybrook, and uh, so Brett was a pioneer in that space. The Farm and Country Holiday Association no longer exists, but uh, Western Tourist Radio has created the website farmstaywest.com.au, which aims to do the same thing, to connect uh, travellers direct to, to farms and stations around Western Australia. And uh, Willeen is a valued member of Farmstay West. And in the, the tourism thing at the moment, there's lots of multinational booking engines, but uh, the, the model of Farmstay West is we want to connect uh, travellers, whether they're Australians or from overseas, direct to local businesses so they can book online and not pay a commission to the multinational booking engines. And um, uh, from a price point of view, obviously, if people are booking direct, uh, they can get a better price than if they're booking through third-party websites. What's your position on that, uh, Francis? Yeah, look, I mean, it's, um, it's certainly a growing trend that, you know, bookings are coming through these large multinationals. Um, and I think, I mean, I guess from an educational point of view for a consumer, a lot of them honestly just don't realise what that means for, for small business. I mean, in one sense, it does, it does expose small businesses to a much greater um, audience that you may not have been able to reach without them. But, you know, through the commissions they take um, and often the rules that they have in place, the contracts you have to sign to participate, um, there can be a really big loss to small business. I mean, I, I honestly think where we can network together um, and provide direct referrals and, and, and just try to boost each other's businesses by avoiding that whole having to pay commission and being locked into contracts and, and not having any idea of your guests before their arrival, which is quite difficult to understand when the bookings come through the multinationals. Um, you know, the better it is for everyone if we, can, if we can work together to sort of avoid those situations. What uh, Dave is doing with the station increasingly is being referred to as regenerative agriculture. Uh, David's book, uh, The Willeen Way, is a, is a part of that. And uh, Charles Massey's book, Call of the Reed Warbler, A New Agriculture, A New Earth, is about uh, regenerative agriculture. And we're very fortunate in Western Australia that our Minister for Agriculture, Alana McTiernan, has read Charles Massey's book and embraced it. And it, it's created a whole new movement of regenerative agriculture in Western Australia. I like to think uh, our radio service is we're talking about things you don't hear in the mainstream commercial media. I like to think that's a, a form of regenerative radio. Mm. And uh, the thing that struck me from your book is that uh, the ANZ Bank was all ready to foreclose on Willene before the Australian story went to air. And, uh, and after that, you didn't hear from them for quite some time. And I guess that's a case of uh, the Australian... Uh, the Australian story, the ABC, is a regenerative media. It's a positive story, and uh, and that's why the ABC is so important to the future of Australia, talking about uh, stories like Willene. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we were very, very fortunate that all of that unfolded the way that it did. You know, the ANZ had uh, taken on Willene's books, 
just because they purchased or they bought out the bank that we were with. And in their mind, we weren't a good customer, um, which, look, understandably at that time, we were very much sorting out ourselves what we were doing, where we were heading, how we were going to finance it. Um, we knew what we wanted for the property in terms of regeneration and conservation and that sustainable production. Um, but trying to finance that and trying to realise this long-term vision, which, look, is, is probably stretches longer than mine and David's lifetime, was very hard for a bank to quantify. Um, on paper, it didn't stack up for them. So, yeah, they, they were very much pulling pulling the pin <laughs> on financing the lien, which would, have, which would have been the end for us. You know, we had approached other banks. They were also confused about what we were trying to do. Um, there was concerns about security over a pastoral lease. It's not freehold, it's a lease. Um, so, yeah, the ABC came along. Um, I mean, we obviously didn't understand any of this at the time, but um, it wasn't until looking back now that we could see how it all unfolded. Um, and yeah, I mean, once there was a bit of media exposure for Bulleen, the banks just stepped away. They didn't, they didn't want to get involved. They didn't want to be the ones that I guess were here to shut us down after we'd had such a um, heartfelt response from the Australian public for what we were trying to do. So yeah, we were, we were extremely lucky. It is a great story and there's lots of talk about tourism and international tourism, but our experience on our farm state at Donnybrook and is that probably 95% of our guests are, are domestic, West Australian. And uh, I, your experience on Willeen, what proportion of your guests would be domestic versus international? Yeah, look, we, Barry, we'd be roughly the same, um, easily 95% domestic, 5% international. Um, when we look at the domestic, though, that's very much split 50-50 intrastate and interstate. Um, these days we seem to get quite an enormous amount of people coming from Melbourne and Sydney. Um, but yeah, definitely it's an, uh, it's an Australian market for us. I must say we have very much tailored our product to the Australian people. For us it's all about telling that Australian story of the landscape and you know our future food production and caring for our environment. It can get a, the message can get a little bit lost um, on internationals that perhaps don't understand the intricacies of the Australian landscape. But you know that's not to say we don't have a good product to offer them. Um, but certainly, yeah, we're not we're don't, we're not seeing a big amount of international people um, coming out to Wallen, and, and there's there is various reasons for that in terms of um, you know the, the kind of markets that you look to attract, um, the peak travel times for them and what suits our season you know I guess being in a remote part of Australia um, we are a seasonal business we can't operate year-round just because of heat and um, potential cyclones and and those kind of circumstances so um, you know there's lots of factors playing in but certainly um, international is not a, a dominant market for us. So on the station you have a number of accommodation options. Do you want to give us a bit of an outline of them? Yeah, yeah. Look, we, um, we do have a range to try and suit lots of different um, tastes. So we, we do camping. Um, camping is very much a nature-based experience though. So in terms of facilities, um, all we're doing is uh, providing a really beautiful location, a fire pit, um, and also like a little drop composting toilet. Um, other than that, we expect guests to be fully self-sufficient with everything they need um, to have that experience in nature. 
Um, outside of the nature-based camping, we also have some rammed earth guest houses. So that's a complete house, you know, two bedrooms, kitchen, bathroom, um, barbecue areas and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, so people can stay in those, they can they self-cater, um, but all the linen and towels, everything's provided, you just bring along some tucker um, for while you're here. Um, and then the last option, um, basically we do the fully inclusive um, thing here in the homestead. So the homestead was built in um, 1918, so it's, what's that, 102 years old this year. Um, so the homestead's got seven guest bedrooms in it. Uh, and we do a hosted and catered package for the house. So people actually live in-house with David and I, um, and, you know, we share, um, we share our meals each day with them, so breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, and, yeah, look, they really just get that chance to immerse themselves in what we're doing here, ask those questions, be, be part of what's happening um, in the homestead each day, uh, whilst, like everybody else, taking that time to explore the lane and do some self-drives and walk trails and hikes and... Yeah, and have a look around. That's great, Francis. And uh, so anybody who's interested can go to your website, which is willeen.com.au, and also David's book, The Willeen Way, is available via the website, so people can go to your website, and even if they don't get to visit you just yet, they can have a good read to know uh, what it is they will experience when they do visit. Yeah, it's a pretty good outline of, uh, of us, our story, and, and what it is we do. It's a terrific story, Francis, and both David and yourself are to be congratulated on your innovation and uh, fortitude, and it's good to see that it's starting to work for you. And, uh, and of course, uh, you, people can visit direct via your website, but if people are looking to explore farms and stations in Western Australia, they can also go to our farmstaywest.com.au, and I like to think that's part of a, a regenerative media. Yeah, absolutely, it is. It's been fantastic talking to you, Francis, and I wish you all the best. You too, Barry. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Francis Pollock from Willeen Station on Conversations on Radio WA as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia. To listen to this program and conversations with other innovative West Australians, go to touristradio.com.au slash conversations.